We're talking Jameer Gibbs on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. Download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's all caps, Locked On, in the game. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? It's going great. How about you? Going good here as well. Uh, we are we're fully into rookie mode now. Yeah. Uh, as we talked about uh, yesterday, we the the Super Bowl is over. We're moving on to the off season. We're moving on to these rookie profiles, and we've really just kind of decided to start with the top guys. You know, we we talked about Bijan Robinson yesterday. We are going to talk about uh, the player that most. Uh, most fantasy managers, most uh, NFL draft uh, scouts consider the RB two in the class. It, it looks like, and that's Jameer Gibbs. So, Matt, let's let's get right to it. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about the basics of Gibbs. Look at some of his his profile. But what are kind of your instant takeaways or thoughts about Jameer Gibbs uh, as as he prepares to enter the league? He's a sports car. A revved up, mm. you know, he's a I like player. that, yeah. yeah. he absolutely is. That's mostly good. Um, we're going to be seeing each other at the Combine here soon. I am curious what Gibbs weighs, but maybe even more than mm-hmm. that. Uh, what he looks like in his underwear, you know, his body construction and that type of thing. Uh, I think that I've seen some Austin Eckler comparisons, and I think that's mm. a little rich in that Anyone that's seen like the Eckler workout videos or his tackle breaking numbers or his physicality, I don't think would make that comparison. And and I don't mean that Gibbs is just a finesse player. I think he's a little more James White, Naheem Hines, much better, but than he is at every down back. I mean, he is a phenomenal receiver and sports cars are great, but they break down and they're expensive to fix. Yeah, yeah, that's you a know. fair point and, and probably a good comparison. I I love Jameer Gibbs' yeah. game as well, and I you know I kind of have to go ahead and and think back to something I've said on this podcast last off season, and this came from um, just being really really excited about Gibbs' game and and as he transferred into Alabama, which he did for his final season this past year. Uh, I couldn't wait to see him in that Crimson Tide offense. Also thinking about the quarterback position, I had some questions about Bryce Young. I still have a few questions about Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. And I said on this podcast, Matt, and maybe on others as well, that I thought Jameer Gibbs was closer to B. John Robinson as a prospect than Bryce Young was to C.J. Stroud. The The gap was smaller uh, among the running backs than it was with the quarterbacks that uh does not look to be the case that would that would be uh, a, a bad take by me 
but it's not really it shouldn't really be viewed as an as the knock on Gibbs because he had a a fantastic final college season. Uh, Bijan Robinson is all that we thought he would be and more. It, it, sure. it appears we talked about him yesterday, and some of those worries I had about Bryce Young. You know, we'll we'll get to we'll get to those quarterbacks soon. But some of the worries I had about Bryce Young have have kind of been answered as well. So. I, uh, since we're talking Gibbs today, I, I, I always think of that and, and wanted to, to go back and kind of scold myself for that. Take. But <laughs> You're being hard on yourself. I mean, let's, let's move on to focusing Real quick, before on you Jim- do, uh, just yeah. by the, your tone with the Bijan conversation, that initial statement wasn't cause you were worried about him. It was just, you're super high on Gibbs, correct? Super high on Gibbs and, yeah. and and a little worried on uh, on, yeah. on Bryce Young. Okay, and, and honestly, super high on C.J. Stroud as well. I thought gotcha. he would have a huge year. He did. Uh, I think he's gained some value uh, over the past year. So um, you know, maybe maybe there's a couple W's in there in, in that big fat L I'm, I'm taking. <laughs> so I mentioned White and Hines as you know not nice examples, and Eckler not really. Just came to me. How about Reggie Bush? Imagine what Reggie Bush would do nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, what I'm really, and we're kind of, we're kind of jumping the gun here a little bit with Gibbs, but it's, uh, it's, it's a good place to start. I'm just not sure if he's going to be. Is he going to be a committee back, or can he be that, um, that every down back? I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's tough to compare him to Eckler as a prospect because we didn't care about Eckler as a prospect, and, <laughs> and honestly, point, yeah. we we didn't really know who Austin Eckler was as as a prospect, undrafted uh, back in uh, back in 2017. So not a guy we were scouting or, or talking about necessarily. But I mean, we certainly had quite a few backs over the years enter the league with that question of are they just that pass catcher? Are they just kind of that specialist? Um, or could they be an every down back? And, and Reggie Bush is maybe a good comparison because he was, um, he wasn't the first of those, but, uh, certainly a notable, uh, player that, that we had those questions about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think Gibbs is going to get plenty of carries. I know he's going to be heavily involved in the receiving game. So Jameer Gibbs, I mentioned Alabama. That's where he finished his college career. He started, uh, and played his first two college seasons at Georgia Tech. Uh, he's five foot eleven, two hundred pounds, as Matt kind of mentioned. We'll find out at the combine here in a couple weeks exactly what those numbers are. But that's where uh, where he's being reported right now. He's a young prospect, twenty years old. Turns uh, t- doesn't turn twenty one until. Uh, next month, so uh, among like the younger, yep, that's that's a plus among the younger players in this uh, in this rookie class. He was a four star recruit coming out of college, or I'm sorry, coming out of high school uh, from Dalton, Georgia, and and of course that led to uh, him going to Georgia Tech. But he was uh, he was offered by all the biggest schools: USC, Mississippi, Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, Texas, LSU, Florida all offered him uh, scholarships and he ended up going to Georgia tech. And of course uh, ultimately transferred uh, to Alabama and really just mentioned that this was, this was the best opportunity for him. I think he understood he had to kind of showcase his game, Uh, had some solid years at Georgia tech, a couple of good Mm -hmm. years, but um, I I think that move to Alabama was huge for him and, and really kind of putting himself out there on the on the biggest stage of college football yeah it certainly certainly was a good move for him you're 100 percent right uh 
looking at some of the production numbers for Gibbs, he's always had an impact uh, as a pass catcher for his team. Uh, freshman season at Georgia Tech, 460 rushing yards, but catches 24 balls for over 300 yards. Sophomore year, Georgia Tech, 746 rushing, four scores. 465 receiving yards and a couple yeah. more touchdowns. And then the uh, the numbers for his final season at Alabama, 926 rushing, seven touchdowns, 444 receiving yards, and three more touchdowns. I think I would say Gibbs is entering, uh, entering the NFL and being regarded as probably the best pass catching running back in this class, Matt. And that's, I think that's kind of what we have to uh, hang our hat on with, with Gibbs that he's, he's got that piece locked down and, and everything else is, is, you know, not necessarily up in the air, but more questions about him as a, as a ball carrier. Yeah. I mean, to have over a hundred catches in three years in college is pretty rare. I mean, and they aren't just dump offs. Georgia tech's getting beat throw behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, he runs routes, he gets downfield, he adjusts to the ball, he has ball skills. The one criticism I noticed about in the passing game that he has to clean up is his pass blocking. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you mentioned questions about the size. He's listed at 200, but does, you know, does he really weigh 200 pounds? Mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised if he comes in at 200 or heavier at the combine. I um, wouldn't, especially if he doesn't run, but then shows up to camp uh, at 190. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 200 that, that, kind of a magic number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, we'll get to some of those other weaknesses along with the strengths of Jameer Gibbs right after this break. So I think you guys know me well enough by now that I've wanted to do what I do for a living pretty much my entire life. And uh, I, I remember filling out my college application and what's your dream job? And I wrote NFL scout. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I used to write letters to Chuck Knoll and Tony Dungy when I was very, very young. And if ultimate football GM existed when I was a kid, I would have been all over it. And it's super cool now, even though I've been in, NFL buildings and college buildings and, and whatnot. And so with Ultimate Football GM, you're, you're totally responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise. You hire coaches. You hire coordinators. You trade players, of course, which is fun. Uh, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season you have to deal with. So, again, this was something that I've loved since I was a kid, and now there's you know a, this product that's perfect for it. I mean, it's a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable offline, play on the go as you want and when you want to. Uh, We've created a locked-on league for you to compete against, locked-on fans all over the world. You can be the ultimate locked-on football GM. Choose the locked-on league in the app to join, and you can create a football dynasty, possibly. So, locked-on dynasty listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game store. That's locked on, all caps, so make sure you check it out today. Uh, to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or, or look it up at the App Store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate, GM, Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Matt, let's continue talking Jameer Gibbs. Of course, we've already talked about him as a pass catcher. That is his strength, and a lot of that 
comes down to just being a great route runner as well. Mm-hmm. Not only uh, a, a catcher of the ball, a uh, receiver of the ball, but uh, being able to really run a pretty advanced route tree for a running back. He's got the speed. He's got the vision. Um, we already talked about his age. He's, he's a younger player among his peers. That's a good thing for dynasty managers. What are some other strengths that you might have seen uh, as you've taken a look at Gibbs recently? Certainly change of direction, explosion, whether it's lateral agility or just making cuts in the open field or in tight quarters, you know, between the tackles. Um, I'm sure he'll test very well. At least he looks like a tremendous tester on the field. Speed, jumps, all those type of things. Um Natural hands, you know, yeah. natural ball skills, adjusting to bad balls, you know, setting up defenders. I mean, as a receiver, he's pretty rare. Well, we've mentioned some big names, Eckler, mm-hmm. uh, Reggie Bush. Uh, you know, do you, it, it, the player he gets comp to the most that I hear is, is Alvin Kamara, another former Alabama player. Of course, he also transferred, finished his, his college career at, uh, at Tennessee. Do you see some Kamara there? And, and, uh, sort of, I've seen that comparison too, because I think the usage will be similar. I okay. bet Gibbs beats Kamara in a race, you know, a straight race. But Kamara's size and physicality, I mean, he's one of the best backs in the last 20 years. You, you know, I mean, that's a pretty rich comparison. If he has a Kamara-like career, he should go 1-1 one, one, or, you know, 1-2. I mean, I mean, he, he, he and he's capable. I just, I would trust Kamara more with 20 carries or inside zone or, you know what I mean? And, and that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kamara has is, is obviously, obviously been a great pass catcher uh, for a running back, but... Uh, he's also uh, been very effective, you know, at, at the least as a uh, as a ball carrier. ball carrier. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm not confident yet that that Gibbs can do that. So ultimately, mm-hmm. we'll find out. You talked about pass blocking as a weakness. If he is that every down back, he's probably undersized for that. Um, so those que- those those negatives are are honestly kind of to be determined. Yeah. Uh, if the team that drafts him just wants him to be that pass catcher and not not in a gimmicky way, but uh, more of a focus uh, f- focus of his game, um then I'm not as worried about the size. I'm not as worried about pass blocking and and things like that. Mm-hmm. And every team will will view the pass blocking stuff differently. You know, is it cuz mm. a lot of it was effort. I mean, he would just like bump a guy on the way out instead of squaring yeah. him up, you know, did he, does he have no interest? Does he think he's above that or is, Hey, I'm worried about the league. We're winning by 30 over, you know, some team that doesn't really matter. And some teams will just look at him and say, well, I don't plan on asking this guy to pass block very much. When we drop back, he's going to run a route. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I, I view yeah, it as well. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about his dynasty value. Looking at our current DLF, rankings uh in those rookie rankings uh, gibbs is two overall you said maybe he should go 102 i think he might go 102 mm-hmm. uh he's the rb2 obviously behind Bijan robinson but right now he's being ranked and valued ahead of uh, most of the receivers as well or all of the receivers uh, looking at some early rookie adp 
this is super flex ADP. So he's, he's going 1.05 there. Uh, that is mm-hmm. behind a couple of the quarterbacks. I, I do think one, one of the wide receivers was ahead of him there. We might talk about that guy a little bit more tomorrow, but, nice, nice. uh, if you're, if you're thinking about where Gibbs might come off the board in a one quarterback league, it's going to be as high as two, uh, potentially falls to, I would say four, maybe a couple of the wide receivers, could ultimately move ahead of him with depending on how draft capital and, and obviously the landing spot play out. Uh, and in those super flex leagues, I would say the window is three to six, something like that. Okay. So he's, he's going to be expensive to acquire in those rookie drafts, Matt, let's shift back over to the real draft, the NFL draft. Uh, I have seen, I've seen Gibbs uh, projected as a late first round pick and in a few of these and you think about some of those teams that have late first rounders some of the same teams we talked about yesterday with Bijan Robinson uh, of course Bijan's I think we all expect Bijan to be drafted ahead of Gibbs here but once he's off the board then maybe that forces the hand for some of these teams with a late first rounder or early second round pick we're talking about Dallas Buffalo Philly Kansas City you move over to the top of the second round, Houston, Arizona, Rams, Vegas, potentially if, if they aren't able to mm-hmm. or, or don't think they can keep uh, Josh Jacobs. Carolina would be kind of an interesting sure. landing spot as well. Um, we saw what, a similar back teams, with the Panthers do some damage early in his career. He was he was decent. <laughs> what, uh, what teams stand out as, as a positive landing spot for Jameer Gibbs? Mm, I mean, KC jumps off the chart there. I sure. mean, could they did, did they learn their lesson with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and decide we're not doing that again? Or is Pacheco good enough? I bet that's the way they look at it. But wow, if he landed there, that would be awesome. I... I, I mean, I had a hard land, time landing Bijan in the first round and ultimately landed on Buffalo in my mock. I'd have a hard time believing Gibbs, unless a team trades up, would go to Dallas or Buffalo. Certainly not ahead of Robinson. I mean, right. definitely not. Is Houston a good landing spot? Uh, probably not because it's not a good offense and Pierce exists. Arizona makes a lot of sense, but I don't love mm-hmm. it. I do kind of like I kind of like Carolina. I kind of like yeah, Las yeah. Vegas. If you if you assume uh, even if Jacobs on a one year franchise deal, it's still not the end of the world. True. Yeah. I mean, if you assume Vegas fixes their um, their quarterback situation, then mm-hmm. uh, I, I like that one a lot. Rams. Who knows what we what what to think of Cam Akers right now? Yeah, but I'm with you. I I don't think ultimately Jameer Gibbs is a a first rounder. I do think he'll fall to the second round. That's mm-hmm. also where uh, our friends at Grinding the Mocks uh, they have him projected as well. Remember that is the site that uh, essentially averages all the mock drafts that are out there. We've we've talked about some from Kuiper and and McShay and. Daniel Jeremiah and, and some of the big names, but they've got them all. And there are, uh, there are dozens, if not hundreds of mock drafts out there that they find the, uh, find the average information for. So in, according to grinding the mocks, Jameer Gibbs, 43 overall and running back two. So he would be, uh, we'd be talking about him in that early part of the second round, which is ultimately where I think he probably goes. Yeah, and, and he's like the perfect type of guy that day one goes off the boards, everyone goes back to their bunker and like 
ooh, I might want to trade up to get that guy. You, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like, yeah. he could be coveted yep. by teams we didn't even list here yet. I mean, maybe the Bears or, who, you know, whoever, the Ravens. I'm just spitballing here. Bengals, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to happen every year, and, and those players mm-hmm. always always fun ones uh, for sure on that that Thursday night and Friday uh, Friday as we wait for round two. So that is uh, that that's our look at Jameer Gibbs. I'm excited to hopefully get him on some of my rosters. Definitely one of my favorite players in this draft class. Matt, when we come back, we're going to talk about Calvin Ridley. I think he's an interesting discussion yeah. as well right now. So everyone, it's the midway point in the NBA season, and now is the absolute perfect time to download FanDuel. I mean, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000. So that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. Uh, Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to the numbers of threes they drain. You know, so... um, they, they have way more than NBA as well, of course. I mean, we know the NFL is over, and that's my specialty, but baseball's right around the corner. I'm going to be watching the Pens tonight. Hockey, you can do everything you can dream of, of course. So it even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. Uh, so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com on. Uh, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Matt, we saw today that Calvin Ridley uh, applied for reinstatement. Of course, Ridley was suspended uh, for at least one season for betting on the game. And mm-hmm. uh, that was when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. That was early last offseason season. Uh, obviously missed the entire season this past year and at the trade deadline was shipped to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe the compensation there was a fifth round pick. So uh, Atlanta basically just wanted him out of town. We kind of knew that even, even before that suspension. Uh, I, I guess my first question for you is, do we think this is a foregone conclusion that Ridley is reinstated? He's he's missed his year. He's now eligible as of today, uh, Wednesday, for reinstatement, which he he applied for. Is it a lock that he he's back in the game, or could could That's the NFL question. kind of play hardball here? Well, when he got suspended, I initially thought. Wow, that's rough. That's a harsh penalty. I mean, that was harder mm-hmm. than I expected. I thought it might and be that, six. That was kind of the common. That was the common sentiment that. Yeah. Most people thought that was, that was harsh. And the NFL takes betting, in my opinion, too seriously and more seriously than you know offenses against women or whatever. But that's a, we're not here to have that conversation. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but it also made me wonder too. Is there more the public didn't know about, or if because it's that harsh? I mean, they get every detail, but I have to think he's in minicamp and is reinstated tomorrow or like any minute now. And I know the Jags didn't give much up for him, but they have to feel the same way. I mean, I doubt they're like, well, we'll go get him if there's a fifty percent chance he's back this year. I mean, I have to think he's back in the mix in a full time manner. And I know he's not a quarterback, but ask Deshaun Watson what it's like to be away from the game, though. I mean, not playing football isn't great for your career. 
Yeah, and and not only did Ridley miss the entire 2022 season, he missed much of the 2021 season with some injuries and ultimately just kind of stepped away from the team. So 21 was a rough year for Calvin Ridley. Um, And then obviously we know how the past year played out. You look at his current ADP in in Dynasty Leagues uh, from DLF, he's the wide receiver 43-88 overall. Obviously, um, he's been trending up and, and kind of gaining value as uh, as he nears what we assume will be a reinstatement. Would you mm-hmm. consider Calvin Ridley a, a buy or a sell in Dynasty Leagues right now? I guess a buy, but, yeah. you know, at it, it, it wide receiver 43, or you know this better than I do. If the news comes out as soon as we turn the record button off that he has been reinstated back to full, does that go mm-hmm. to 35 in a week or two? Yeah, I, I think he's going to, again, assuming that he does get reinstated, I think he will, he'll continue to gain value. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mid-30s is, is probably a good spot to land, uh, you know, over the next, let's say, three months or so. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think Jacksonville, I mean, this is no surprise, Jacksonville's a great landing spot, oh. you know, pairing him with Lawrence. Um, I, I like Christian Kirk Zay Jones was uh, a great story over the past mm-hmm. year, but Calvin Ridley could, could be the top target on this team. If should be, if all goes well for him, he should be, but he do, he's not gonna get doubled every time either. You know, and I think Ingram's back or yeah, the first round tight end or something like that. Being linked to Lawrence is wonderful. Uh, I just wonder if the dynasty community is overreacting a little because, he has had he wasn't flawless before the suspension and now he hasn't been around a while. So is he a buy or sell? I would gladly give you the 88th overall pick in a startup for him. But I bet I could get more for him on the open market if I shopped him. I guess it depends the makeup of your team. I mean, I'm a risky owner, so I'm in cuz sure. I love the player before and I like all those things, but I mean, are you confident week 1 of the 2023 season? The plug-in Ridley is your wide receiver too? Like, mm, I don't know. Well, if we're calling him a buy, and I agree with you that he is, let's try to put a price on it. Are you giving a late first-round rookie pick in this class? So, are you giving a guy that could uh, a pick that mm. could be eh, Michael Mayer, the tight end? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's Josh Downs. Maybe it's uh, you know Zach I think Evans. So. Yeah, I think those names I would prefer to have okay. Ridley, you know, I mean, um, super flex. I might not because I probably right. would take those four rookie quarterbacks over him, you know, and know they're going to be on the field. So we're in the neighborhood, you know, and, and that's worth the risk to me. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would I would prefer him over a late first at this point. Uh, we know those picks are going to continue to gain value, but I, I think Ridley continues to increase in value as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. That is all for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the Locked On Dynasty channel on YouTube. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.